They say love is patient, they say love is kind Marriage on the other hand takes those things plus wine Spousing is a journey, not for the faint of heart Being married to a human is a science and an art Hi Lauren! Hey Katie! How's it going? Oh, just fine. Just sitting here, sipping on a little Bev. How about you? Oh, uh, likewise. Hundreds of okay. miles north, but likewise. I'm really glad to hear that because I know there was a brief moment where you, there, it, you were considering just having water, like some yeah. kind of psychopath. Oh, like some kind of crazy person. <laughs> I saw your, uh, you sent me a picture of your desk and you had a drink on it and I was like, oh, we have no beer or wine in the house, but then I thought, you know what we do have? Liquor. Oh, pray so, tell. Yeah, we have vodka. We had Tito's in the pantry, left over from something else. And because Mark and I are both sick, we have orange juice in the fridge, which oh. we rarely have. So yeah. I'm having, what is this, a screwdriver? A screwdriver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm having a screwdriver, which is delicious and reminds me of summer. I thought you were going to say that you were just having, like, vodka on the rocks or something very oh God. Uh, Don Draper. And I was I like, not, all right, That's listen, too cosmopolitan for me. You, <laughs> I, I like very... to drink, but I don't like to know that I'm drinking. <laughs> well, look, you know what? I used to be the type of person that was like, I want my coffee black. I want my liquor, like neat or whatever the heck people, yeah, however straight. the heck they drink it. Yeah. yeah, I thought, right, straight. I thought that I was like, very cool. And now that I'm older, I'm like, who cares? Like, really? Like, right. I live once. Right. YOLO, I'm going to drink a sweet drink. Ugh. Caitlin made yeah. this delicious, like, very healthy dinner, and I appreciated that we used pork sausage instead of turkey sausage because yep. and because like, you're you know, over it you yeah. hate ground turkey I, you know what i have learned to cook ground turkey well like in the, the the answer is you just have to ground turkey tastes bad so you just have to put a lot of seasoning <laughs> on it you know what you're right and to be honest with you if i think too much about it it like flips me out you, you know what really creeps me out is ground chicken so slimy wait they make ground okay i should know this but what ground chicken is a thing it is such a thing, Lauren. And it oh is, my gosh! It is so slimy. Do I but use it twice a week? I do. A breast format. I have like if you wanted to make meatballs, you can make chicken meatballs. Huh. What do you think chicken meatballs are made out of? Ground chicken. I never had a chicken meatball. <laughs> <laughs> we don't That's do fair. that in the south. That's fair. We are okay. south of the Mason okay. Dixon. Okay, what are you drinking? Why? <laughs> because I'm I'm lashing out. I'm feeling defensive. <laughs> you you are lashing out. We should recenter. Let's recenter on the yeah. Alcohol. Let's recenter. We like each other. <laughs> we do. I'm like not mad other. at you. <laughs> I just can't believe I didn't know ground chicken was a thing. <laughs> well, and to be honest with you, I'm not sure chicken meatballs are a thing. So no. I do okay, know that ground chicken is a thing though. Because once I you with said that. that, I was thinking about um at, at IKEA at the food court. Because I think they have chicken meatball option. Oh, the chicken Swedish wrong. meatballs. Is yeah. it the IKEA food court? I've eaten there once, but I couldn't eat the, the Swedish meatballs. Look too um, like chocolatey to me. Like uh, they just yeah. don't look like I'm they not don't a, look like what I want them to taste like. I'm really not a meatball person in general, but I'm married to like the, Caitlin. It would love nothing more than just to go to IKEA like for lunch. Also, she loves IKEA and she like knows it like the back of her pant her pants. <laughs> <laughs> Probably also her pants. Yeah, maybe. 
like the yeah. back of her hand. So like, if you need a lamp, you follow that girl. You'll get, you'll find the lamps in like two seconds. But yeah, uh, so I've had many a, an IKEA lunch, and we are getting one here in um, in the Hampton Roads area. Oh my god, we're still waiting on a Trader Joe's. Oh girl. Yeah, that, remember I used to come down and visit you, and then we would and have a weekend. And I, yeah, and I would bring a cooler down, and I would spend like four hundred dollars at the freaking Trader Joe's. Right. Well, we would that, have cowboy caviar for like six weeks. Yeah. You know what? I I understand that. We used to live. I think I said this before. We used to live right next to one, and now it's like farther away. And, like, farther, like, 20 minutes. So, like... Check your privilege. <laughs> yes, I really... Let me just go ahead and say... <laughs> we don't have Whole Foods either. It's very, like, what? sad. No, no Whole don't. Foods? We have to drive to Lancaster for Whole Foods. We have to drive to Lancaster for Zoe's Kitchen, which I, in grad school, ate Zoe's Kitchen. I'm not kidding. Every single day. I love Zoe's Kitchen. Me too. It's, like, my favorite ca- fast casual dining. Yeah, me too. Hands down, hands down. Mm-hmm. The salads yeah. are my favorite thing. Yes, about. I was gonna say the salads are amazing, and the um, dressing the is great. Meatballs. The chicken, the <laughs> they don't. I bet you they have chicken meatballs. <laughs> Somebody Google it. <laughs> okay, wait. Let's recenter. What are you drinking? Okay. I'm. It's not that exciting. It's my favorite, like go-to. It's a Sierra Nevada, but it's called Hazy Little Thing, and it's like a slightly citrusy, hazy IPA. Um, and it's, it's good. And most IPAs of this ilk are very expensive. And this one's like nine ninety nine for a six pack. So it's one I go wow. for a lot. Plus the colors on the can, it's like teal and yellow. So oh, that's you are a girl after my own heart. I have been known to uh, be a repeat buyer of bad wine because the bottle <laughs> is pretty. Yeah. I like seeing it on my counter. What can I say? It looks nice. I like, I respond to, I was just identifying in group therapy today that beauty is one of my values. And I used to resist that for such a long time because I was talking to people about like, you know, being who you are and embracing who you are. I used to resist that for a long time because I thought that it was superficial, but I now think that it's a wonderful, I love to be surrounded by beautiful things. And if if, if it doesn't taste good, it doesn't taste good. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> and I don't think I have so, to apologize for it. <laughs> function, style, and substance. Yeah. Um, your homes have always been very beautiful. Like, that is very a notable thing, that your your spaces, the spaces that you create. Even when you were in college, college like, whose dorm room is beautiful? Or, like, whose college apartment That is such is a beautiful? nice thing to say. People never tell me that. And I really work hard to make them look – this sounds silly, but, like, no. I work very, very hard. But people don't typically say that, like – because I, I like to, I have to be comfortable though. It's because I have to be, I have to be comfortable. Yeah, it's, it's super important. And yeah. um, you're the one that taught me about color coding books. And I even do that in my classroom now because even before I can remember the title or author of a particular book, I know uh-huh. what color it is. So oh, yeah. first of all, it's beautiful. And second of all, it's functional because I know where to go. Yeah, yeah. Because I know that Santa cows is red. are you I also recently just accepted I've been learning so much about myself this year that has been like the year 2018 has been the year I've been learning about myself because I I, this is the year I learned that I was a Slytherin big surprise there came out of left field I know huge surprise I know really thank you to our friend Tina yeah do you not buy it no I have no I have not given it like the real 
I think I have, like, many people You mean you haven't, like, laid up at night thinking to yourself, is anti-Slytherin bias. (laughs) But I do know that I love a lot of Slytherins. And initially when you told me about it and, like, explained it, I was like, okay, this makes sense to me. But Mm -hmm. I still don't think I've, like, accepted that truth as my own yet. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I I know, like, deep down I know I'm a Hufflepuff. But in my head I fancy us both, like, Ravenclaws that were just up in the, the tower just, like, chatting, you know, about, like... Ravenclaw stuff, riddles. Yeah, and yeah. Like. No, and that's where I feel like I'm a Ravenclaw in some parts of me too. Like that's that's what I've always thought that I was, but I do think I it really clicks to me that I'm a Slytherin. Um, I've now that I've thought about who I am with Harry Potter, I forgot what I was talking about. Uh, with um, it being a year of like. Okay, so we were talking about beautiful spaces, color coding books, form and function. Oh, this year I also learned that I'm a visual. I think I'm a visual learner. I've always thought I was a kinesthetic learner, but uh-huh. I'm a visual learner. I really am a visual learner. I like to draw. I like to rewrite my notes a hundred times. I like to draw graphs. And then I, I'm so responsive to my surroundings, my visual surroundings. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I just what? never thought because I'm, because I'm so, um, like, because I'm, I just gesticulate a lot and like, I'm really, I don't know, active. I guess I yeah. thought that I was somebody who was a physical learner, but now visual learner. Are you a visual learner? Yes, definitely. Yes. See, mm-hmm. I wonder, I think that that might be what that is. Oh, yeah, people, you know, like my in-laws specifically is the person, the people I'm thinking of, they always try to give me directions. They're really into like, you know, some people are just really into like how you get to places. Yeah. And they're like, oh, like, which which route did you take to get here? Yeah, and Mark is one of those people. Oh my God, and I don't get that it, at there all. There is no conversation that is more boring to me than yes. how you got here. Uh, yes. Like, or, I want to know. Or what the other name of this road is. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I do want to know, like, I want to know how, like, overall, when I ask you how was your ride, I don't mean, like, did you take a left and then, like, I meant, like for 500 feet. I mean, like, how'd you feel? What'd you think about? Were you, yeah, on your exactly. Over here? What were you listening to? <laughs> and I guess that's not what most people, because, like, they, they will ask me how was your ride and I'll be like, oh, it was great. We listened to this or that, and then we talked about this and whatever. I talked to my mom on the phone. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, but, like, did you take this road? And I'm like, it's 2018. I just did whatever Waze told me to do. Yeah. I am always telling people (laughs) about traffic on the way to work, and I'm like, I'll start, and I'll be like, oh, there was a big, it was a really big accident on, um... You know, the road that goes by uh, the sheets. Um, yeah, you know, it's like black and it's got like yellow lines down the yeah. middle. <laughs> There's sometimes traffic on that road. I got caught in it today. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, see, man. that's how I feel like. And then Mark quizzes me on it because he thinks that it's a sign of like, I don't know. I don't know what he thinks it's a sign of. Like responsibility. That's what it feels like. It feels like oh. it's a responsibility test to me. Oh, no. Yeah. You know what? It, okay, so in in ter- we should, should, is this enough for an episode? Should we do an episode about like directions? I not. we could do an <laughs> episode about like planning. Maybe um, yeah. My mom sent us an email and re- recommended a bunch of really great topics, and one of them was like spontaneity versus plans, the routine. Yeah. Um, well, but- I do think that there's one of each in each rela- in every relationship. One person that's more routine and one person that's more planned. In my relationship, yeah. Is yours. Oh, yeah. And, and automatically off the top of my head in every relationship that I know, there's one person that's a planner and one person that's spontaneous. Huh. I wonder why we do that. That's yeah. a good question for that episode. Yeah. But <laughs> we've noticed that, like, just the very constitutions of who we are makes Caitlin more um, – she's better at following directions. Like, you need to tell me to turn left 
three or four times and I still might not listen because yeah. I'm listening to the radio. I'm not an unsafe driver, but I am like always in my own world, you know? That's and the true so, thing about you. Yeah. And like, yep. I, and I, I know can that attest Caitlin, to that. <laughs> Caitlin has learned to like deal with that very gently. She's very good at navigating like me, like making help telling me where to go and where to turn. Um, however, the reason I'm like that is because I am a much more intuitively, directionally, like, led person. Like, if we're in a brand new place, I will drive because I kind of, I have a feel, like, I can, like, that way is towards the city, that way is towards the sea. Like, I can kind of get to wherever we're going way more easily than she can, mm-hmm. which is interesting, an interesting balance. Yeah, that is yeah. interesting. It's like one person is good at, like... I don't know what that is. It's like, it has to be some type of a thinking process. Oh, yeah. Mark, Mark is extremely good with me, too. When we, well, like, we're really good with each other when we drive. I would say, at our worst, I am, like, a twitchy, like, passenger. Like, I'm very, like, <gasps> and I know that that's the worst type of passenger Yeah, to have. that is the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. My mom used to, like, get, like, freak out on me when we were younger because I would do that when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> but, at, and at his worst, he's super controlling. You've been, like, like a soccer him. mom since you were six. Me? Like, put yeah. holding on the invisible brake. And- oh, my gosh. No, what it is is that I just don't trust anybody. I'm like that with you. Yeah. yeah I'm like that with you. I'm like uh-huh. that with... I know I have... I can see in my head now every single person that loves me is doing... Is like, yes, Katie does that. She's always, mm-hmm. like, grabbing, grabbing like, the, the handle on the ceiling. Um, so he's... <laughs> that's me at my worst. At my best, I, like, fall asleep, and he's the best driver I've ever met. And he's he just knows how to do things and get places. But something that is frustrating to me is that he will, like... he like, This is so... I don't know if this is a man thing or if this is just a Mark thing. He likes... Or if this is like us uh, many people are like this thing he likes to test his knowledge of roads by not looking up it like looking it up on a map and not using gps yeah he likes to test his sense of the roads and his ability to read road signs and like i'll say like like three quarters of the time he's successful right the 25 percent of the time that he's not i'm like consciously having useless... to work through my impatience <laughs> right you're like this is such a useless waste of time this is a this is a, a like a victory that if you win it's just like neutral and if you lose then you just are late <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep uh, well you know i feel like that we could talk you're right we could talk about driving for yeah and maybe not even years. just like driving but we'll do like a plans and how like getting around Traveling. doing life how do you do life? I have, we could do a whole, more than one traveling episode because as you know, traveling for me and Mark, for traveling for every couple is loaded. Mark and Mm -hmm. I have a, a, a serious entrenched pattern of getting into a massive fight on every single trip we go on. Yeah, I know. We have to consciously have a conversation about it beforehand and be like, let's not break up. (laughs) (laughs) Let's, let's understand that we're traveling and we should not make any permanent decisions until we return. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We need to be home for a week before we make any permanent decisions. Yes. That's, I think that's a fair, a fair, um, Way to way to go about it's a, it. It's a good rule, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, here's my question for you. Uh, what's yes. the state of your union this week? The state of my union. Okay. Um, this is a good time to be talking to me because I think yesterday was a very difficult day, and the the week has had a theme of stress and dealing with stress. And there's a few things that we are setting our intentions to do that are really helping me cope with stress. And also challenging me to think more deeply about it. So overall, Caitlin and I have a goal to be 
what she calls zen. And she wants to be those people that just are very um, relaxed and just don't let things get to them. And I really, really uh, aspire to do that. It's definitely not my natural composition. I definitely tend towards the anxious side of things, um, which is possibly an understatement. <laughs> but well, anyway. you're, you're a high feeler. You're a deep feeler, and you're a highly sensitive person, I think. And I'm also a planner, and so I really need to know. I'm not um, – I, I am not – living in the moment is one of those things I can only do if I know if I have planned – if that moment is planned for that thing. You know what I mean? Like, if I know where we're going, then I can live in the moment. Ah. Um, yeah. So there's that. Um, which I don't think is a more. It's a morally, it's a neutral quality. It's just, it is, you know? And so. But that, I would say, I would say the issue with that is, it's not the issue, but. And I don't mean to, like, interject too much about this, but I would say you're right. The fact that that quality is morally neutral, but you're noticing that when you get, when you're uncertain of something, you get caught up in your head and that you get very, and then that's where the anxiety lives, right, is in the overthinking. And that if you could live in the moment, you wouldn't be as anxious. Right. And I think the way, the things that we're working on and, um, there's a specific example of this I'm about to get into, but the, the things that I want to work on um, allow space for me to, the be- so I was telling, I told Caitlin today, one of the things I can do to be more zen, like one of the things that helps me feel more zen is being able to take action in all the ways that I know that I can. You know, mm-hmm. so like if I can make sure that I'm staying on top of things that are not going to create stressful situations down the line, and if a stressful situation of like unfolds itself anyway, there's a piece in my heart knowing that I, I try to, you know, do whatever I could, that I've done my due diligence in terms of managing life mm. stress. So this week, as uh, is the case annually and monthly and biannually and every second of your life, if you <laughs> are a part of our generation, um, it happened to be one of those heavy uh, due dates for student loan and stuff that was going yep. on. Mm-hmm. And that is a massive monster in, like, that lives, like, in our home, in our life, in our life, and for right. our generation, and I have a lot of thoughts about not being prepared for the financial uh, ramifications of college before I went to college, um, and I even got to the point this week where I was like, maybe I just shouldn't have, like, I should have done college differently, and 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 I was like talking to my mom about it, and she's like, don't you think it was a really valuable time in your life? And it was, hundred percent, it was, and I learned a lot about myself, I grew a lot. And it was, it's worthwhile, and I and I want that opportunity for everybody who wants to go to college. I think everybody who wants to go to college should be able to. But as a public school teacher, I have gotten to a point where it is just not even, like, it's unreal, the, just the cost. And it's capitalism, because it's partially the cost of college itself and partially all of the stuff that goes into that. So needless to say, we got ourselves into some of the paperwork in the red tape around loans this week, and it just brought all of these feelings of stress and anxiety. And um, that was very not great for our relationship. And it's also very draining for my life, like for my personhood. And so, like, if my energy is going there, then it's not going towards the things that, that are that are more worthwhile, you know? Yeah. So, Hey, um, quick, tiniest pause. Both of our dogs are barking right now. Oh, so everybody drink. Just a quick drink. We can interrupt the serious for a little drink right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we. You know what? And really, that's being zen. Yeah, it's it like is. you're gonna have serious, but you just need to be able to interrupt it to have a little drink. Yeah, and when it, well, and when it is interrupted, have a sense of humor about it, right? Yes, exactly. exactly. All right, well, c- keep so going. True. Okay, and then so, returning your attention back to the task. Returning, <laughs> returning to the the uh, the difficult, serious things at hand. We had a good conversation today because she, first of all, stepped up in a way that I don't know that I've ever been so supported in life wow. at all before. She. Like uh, what a, made, uh, I know, and and you know I'm it's so very sweet that, that like yeah I had help help from my family too. There's paperwork that needed to be faxed, and of course I faxed it, and they this whole thing, you know, all of those like it can never just be like point A to get to point B. It's like point A sub like sub bullet point A one A two A three like all this. It can never just be a straight line. So much coordinating, and it takes a whole damn afternoon. I know. Well, in this case, it took a whole week, and so. Um, She's just been, and and just, like, not even looking at this in any other way except for just the most gentle, loving heart. And she wasn't looking at me like, why don't you understand this? She was looking at the big picture like, this is really, really complex and really hard. And, and, and there was not, like, you know, I think I always get worried about her feeling like I'm not holding up my end of whatever. So she was just really helpful in scanning the things that I needed to be scanned so I could file upload them because the fax was going to take 10 days and, you know, all of that stuff. And then today we had a good a mini t- chat that we're going to turn into a, a long, we have like a scheduled date for a longer chat about it. Um, and she just wanted, her whole thing was, we need to learn to live with this because it's not going away. And yeah. I, that's just, I think the optimistic part of me just wants it to go away. Like I want to just be debt free. Like I, know, I don't want to have to be paying for college for the next 20 years of my life. But you know, that if that happens, which, you know, who knows, but the, it just, uh, we need to, to do the things, the action items that we can control that are inside of our locus of control. We need to do those things and we need to be accepting of all of the other things because the truth is we can't change it. It's you the know? serenity prayer, my girl. Yes, exactly. And it mm-hmm. reminded me of, and I'm, and I speak about this in very like serious terms because it is very serious. And I'm about to take a real, like, deep dive into that. But there's, um, I'm a musical person, and there's a line in Rent when, it's like a celebratory thing. It's a joyous moment when, and a big theme in Rent is that was written in 1989. So it was, like, right on the cusp of the whole um, AIDS epidemic. And um, there's people in the play, characters in the play, that are living with HIV. And living with a disease is, like, a new concept, like, a radically new concept during that time. Because they have all these, they're starting to become all of these treatment options for it. And so there's a line that's like people living with, living with not dying from disease. Yeah. And I think there's just such a, like a truth in that. When you're dealing with something that feels really monstrously overwhelming, there's, and it like can feel crushing sometimes. Learning to live with that is so much different than letting it just take over. Well, and you know what? In the mental health community, too, we've had a shift in the the types of words that we use around mental illness. And instead of saying, I mean, when I'm being mindful about my speech, I will say the right thing. And oftentimes I don't. But instead of saying somebody suffering from mental illness, you'll say somebody living with mental illness. Yes. Because you don't want to imply that they are suffering. Because right. because plenty of people with mental illness aren't suffering. They're, yes. They're just, they're managing, they're surviving, they're taking great joy in their lives, they're happy, 
they just have mental illness. Right. And I think that originally when that speech was developed, it was it was supposed to be a compassionate thing. Like people yeah. wanted to say like, oh, they're suffering from. So have pity or have empathy towards this person or right. sympathy rather. Um, but really the reality is so much different. We wouldn't say that somebody is like suffering from a broken leg or, you know, a, or a, an astigmatism. You know? Yeah. Right. Like, right, right, right. I mean, maybe you would say that, but it's it's a good uh, mind shift to think I think about just living with things rather than yeah, it's an empowering perspective. I'm not stuff. I am suffering, but I'm not suffering from student loan debt. I'm yeah. just living with it, and that's a well. Part it's an coming. acceptance mindset, you know. Yeah, which is extremely hard. But you know, <clears throat> there's a truth. I was just teaching this recently. What you resist will persist, you know. And if you yes, if you accept. Acceptance doesn't mean resignation. It just means acknowledgement of the reality and um, and not resisting reality as it is, you know? It's just... Yeah, and I think there's a part of that because, because it is so stressful to me. I tend to look at it when I need to and um, need to get, like, I'm, I've been on top of, like, my paperwork and all that stuff, but it's just such a, like, a massive field of knowledge. I've been looking at it when I need to. It's so stressful that I do what I need to do and then I put it away and I don't think about it. So then every time it comes to the forefront of my mind, it's this whole big wave of stress and panic and, and fear and anxiety and all this stuff. And that doesn't need to be that way because if I can not spend less time resisting it, I then then what was your words? What you what resist, you resist will persist. Will persist. So I I can take that. I can step into that persist part and just yeah. make it part of the stuff that I'm living with my day to day stuff. One of those. Yeah. And then then I'm not resisting it anymore, and it's not going to always be this like wave of shock and panic and whatever, you know? Yeah. You just take it for, it is what it is, right? Like It is what it is. It's like exactly. if you had, if you had a, a chronic illness or, you know, or something like if you just had, if that was just a part of your life, you know, right. you just had to, you just have to manage it. You just have to manage it. Or if you have to take a medication, you just take it, you just do it. Yeah. You just do it. Mm-hmm. Katie, what is the state of your union this week? So, uh, I, similar to yours on, Fortunately, unfortunately, um, it starts with like a, this week started with a very big positive, uh, development in our lives and our relationship. Um, Mark got a job. Yeah. So yeah. So he also, um, officially has his, uh, certificate to teach, um, health and phys ed for K through 12. He like officially has it. He's officially licensed in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, I'm super proud of him. I can't believe it. It's been two years. We've both been collectively, the two of us have been in school for four years. Um, geez. And you've been together for four years. Six well, years. No, six years. Yeah. Six years. years. Yeah. We worked <laughs> together for two years and then I went to, I moved away for school and then he, Oh my God, you're about to be in a phase with no school. Can you even believe? No. And we're not working together. So wild. Great news. And better news, we're about to double our income mm-hmm. because the hardest thing about the last four years is that we've been single income. And I was a full time student when I was in grad school, so I had like plenty of student loans to live on, which <laughs> I'm paying right now, by the way. Yeah. Um, you know, that as we know all too well. Um yeah, uh-huh. 
<laughs> so also, we're very, I was going to say that fortunately you went into social work for the big bucks. So oh, my god, and you know what? For a social worker, I get paid. I get paid very well, and I really don't get paid well at all. So yeah, right. um, yeah, and I it's and same thing for t- education. Mark got paid like his that what they offered him is really good, and it's still like so. And that's what I'm talking about. That's actually the thing that I've been thinking about this week, and that he's been thinking about too, is um how we feel like we're it's we're both getting to the point where we're in our careers like our life has started officially we're done learning we're ready to do it and then when we step back and when we look at how much it's going to cost it's not okay now that we have two incomes we can start saving so that we can do this it's we're i i can't see a foreseeable path to like us owning a home or right. like having a child yes. Yes. and it's really scary to me and um you know, one of the things that he and I do at all the time is like look at houses. I know, I know you guys do this too. I've like my two most used apps on my phone are Zillow and Trulia, and I'm just constantly looking at real estate. Always, yeah, me always, too. always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I'm like fantasizing about what it would be like if my budget was like two million dollars, and <laughs> looking at like the lowest priced houses that they have on there just to see what I could reasonably tolerate living in. <laughs> like, yeah, right. so, and I just can't, we can't do any of it because even when like our loans are going to go up because Mark's, Mark's graduating is so great, but it's, it's, we're celebrated by getting more loans. Exactly. Um, I know that's yeah. for us too. Yeah. And like, we're making, we're going to be making good money, but then, and then we also have all these like dumb, stupid expenses. Like, I have to renew my social work license, $170. Um, The medication that I take, I had to get a urine test to make sure that I wasn't taking any other drugs or, like, selling the drug that I take. And I, my insurance doesn't cover it. I just got a bill this week for $200 for that. Like, just stupid stuff that costs significant money to me and so anyway all of this is to say it's just a time of struggle for us and I feel like we are really trying to be optimistic this week um it's it's a really nice time of year we're both like he has this job I'm doing well at my job but it's also kind of we have this huge anxiety behind it that we won't be able to do the things that we want to do and then there's two other little, like, emotions that are, are attached to that, which are, one, constant comparison to other people. Yeah. Constant mm-hmm. comparison to the friends that we have who have beautiful homes, um, the friends that we have who have, like, apartments in cities and, like, can walk cool places and do cool things, the friends that we have that have kids. We just... Or the friends that we have that travel, for God's sake. Yeah. You know, we, we have constant comparison with that. Um so I don't know. And then the last thing that I was going to say about that is that we try, I, we had this conversation about trying very hard to be happy with what we have in the here and like, that must be the theme today, being yeah. happy with what we have in the here and now and how, when we're in the present, everything is fine. Everything is enough. It's when we're like getting trapped in ego or like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And yet still it's true that under capitalism I wouldn't be able to have a child right now and like that's not ego you know like (laughs) yes right there are things that are just like are (laughs) they're wrong and they shouldn't be the way that they are yeah and I'm sure that like I don't mean to sound stupid by blaming it all on capitalism but like it just feels like it's entirely like a it is capitalism 
Yeah. When my I'm just mom trying went to college, leave. it was twenty dollars a credit hour. Yeah. And you know what? I you It was me, not that long ago. You, me, Mark, and Caitlin have postgraduate degrees. Why are we and we have postgraduate degrees 30. doing stuff that makes Yeah, well anyway. it's regardless of even what we do, but like if we want to talk about okay, so I'm going to go straight from apologizing for maybe being a little too much on it into something very different, into a radical shift. If we are looking at this as, like, late-stage capitalism, we're, like, we're, like, aside from the fact that the services that we provide are good, the four of us all have postgraduate degrees. We all come from, like, you know, relatively moderately to well-educated families. And all of us have, like we're hard workers and we can't, and we're almost 30 and we like, we can't see how our life, you know, and then you guys right. have the we added expense the of like, it's going to cost you money to get pregnant. And like, yes. it might not cost me any money to get pregnant. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. And so, also, yeah. And even if we don't all come from where, like, yes, all, we all came from backgrounds where education was a thing that was supported and that we could do. You that's know? what I mean. We all we all had access to education. That's what yes. I mean. Yeah. Yes. Which and that's true. And that's and like we had so much privilege in that. And yet it's still so hard. And that's the other thing I think about with this loan stuff, which we will get off of in just a moment. But I just think about like I'm a person whose English is my first language. My only language <laughs> except I'm like what eighteen <laughs> percent like, uh, French on Duolingo. <laughs> Thank you for being honest. <laughs> if you need to know, like, your, how your cat is going to get to the library, I got you in French. <laughs> I got those words down. Um, but, yeah, like, I just don't understand. If this is – if education is this hard for me to access, for me, who, who's from an upper-middle-class, white, English-speaking family who was able to, like – Exactly. To, to navigate me through the process of college, then yes. how the hell do we expect anybody else to be able to do it? Right, it's, and it's who is it easy for? Who is and it, who easy, is it for? easy for? People who are because billionaires. Because I, like, you and me are, like, in many ways, not in all ways, but in you and me are, in many ways, a privileged class, and, like, we cannot access this stuff. We exactly. Are, we're the top of the middle class in, in a lot of ways, especially globally, and we can't access it. And so, like, what do we... Okay, so we're, we don't need to gripe. The way that we can deal with this, we can acknowledge this from a systemic point of view. Yes, exactly. But the way that we can That's deal with it in deal our with couples. It. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the way That's that we deal with it in That's how you live with, with live now. with, live with the monster of capitalism and student loans. Yes. And we, neither you nor me are willing to like burn it all down for our principal <laughs> on that, I don't think. And so in the meantime, we'll just continue to pay and then, you know still be yep. okay exactly exactly <laughs> yeah and at the end uh, of the day i'm happy to just like be with you know him what? in a house i don't care exactly and that actually is a really nice um segue into our topic for today because yeah. here's the stuff the how and why of what really matters so today's topic is quality time and that's one of those things that's free yeah <laughs> and that's one of those things that really matters more than the size of our house or how frequently we're able if to If you're present and... with it, it can be a, a wellspring. Yes. Okay. So I want to start with a definition that's – this research is a real dip into my psyche and how I responded to each article <laughs> Ooh, by I'm finding excited. another article. Let's yeah. dip okay. in. Let's dip in. Put a toe so in. The first – the first, we're going to start The water start feels with... good. <laughs> Get your toes out of my psyche. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, go ahead. Go, go. <laughs> oh, 
Okay. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> this comes from the quality time definition that they use in uh, the five love languages, which if you're not familiar Ooh. with the five love languages. Okay. So if you're not familiar with them, we give and receive love in, I'm sure, a myriad of different ways. And one um, way of looking at Hold on, I actually forgot to look up the guy's name. Let me quickly Google it. Gary Chapman. Oh, good job, Katie. Gary Chapman. Girl, I know all about the love languages. Okay, then oh, then can you give a quick like little rundown, just like a little sure. smidget like, of what it is? Sure. Smidget? Is that a word? What um, do I mean? Smidgen. 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 Just a, a little bit. Yeah, smidgen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a yep. smidge of a pigeon. Got it. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> smidge is actually, fun fact, short for smidgen. So you've already wow. known the word the whole time. Mm-hmm. This is such an educational podcast. <laughs> it is. Okay. So Gary Chapman wrote this book, The Five Love Languages. It's it's a Christian bent book, but I wouldn't say that it is a, it, I read it back when I was uncomfortable re- with reading stuff like that and it didn't make yeah. me uncomfortable. So I think every, it, it's pretty accessible. Yeah. Um, okay. His theory, and he's not like a relationship researcher, but his theory is that people give and receive love in five different basic styles. And so he calls these love languages. Um, it's the way in which we are most comfortable or our instincts are, I should say, the way in which we most naturally give love and the way in which we most like to receive love. Right. So the five love languages are gifts, words of affirmation, mm-hmm. physical touch, mm-hmm. quality time, mm-hmm. and acts of service. Right. And acts of service being like... Um, doing something for the other person. Like, sometimes Mark will get up for me and scrape the ice off my windshield in the morning. Oh, he's um, so sweet. I, right? Um, quality time is spending not just time next to somebody on the couch, and you're going to define this in a second, but, yeah. like, mm-hmm. spending time with somebody connect in connection. Um, physical touch, obviously, is um, intimacy, sexual intimacy, but it's not just that. It's, like... Rubbing your back, closeness. giving you Holding hugs, hands, closeness together, yeah, yeah, snuggling in bed, exactly, yeah. Um, and then the what was the the last one? Uh, words of two? affirmation. Oh, words of affirmation are, are basically like appreciative words, compliments, stuff like that. Oh, and then gifts, obviously. Gifts, and gifts yeah. isn't just presents, but it's like um, you're going into the grocery store and their favorite candy is on sale, so you bought them a gift. Or you bought them the uh, candy bar. And I guess that yeah. is a present, but like, right. you know. Or, or in you our plan case, a weekend for them or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Or in our case, you know, like Caitlin has been, we're uh, both being very like health conscious right now and um, she's been cutting up like veggies and fruits like in my, and putting, making sure that we have like those kinds of things available which is kind of an extra service too but just the gift of making sure that those things are available like making sure we have apples and things in the house you guys are very good with feeding each other every time i visit you all i I really am struck by how good you guys are at feeding each other i i see that as a chore and i like Uh, that yeah i really admire that you guys feed each other yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice thing. Not okay, like so with definition... forks. You don't like put food in each other's mouths. I mean, but I like wouldn't you. say no. Yeah. <laughs> I've been real tired this week. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Me. I have one more thing to say on, I have one more thing to say on love languages before you go on. Yes. So do. the idea is that if you are aware of, if you are aware of your partner's love language, you are better able to love them in the way that they will feel loved 
Um, yes. So somebody like my husband really, I, I, he might like my words of affirmation, and that words of affirmation comes very naturally to me as yeah, a therapist. Yeah, that's a gift. That's yeah. how you give. Yeah, it is. In a, big, in a lot of ways it is. But he might not really care about that. I, I think it, he likes it some, but he doesn't mind it. But he doesn't appreciate it as much avenue. as, yep, he doesn't appreciate it as much as quality time. Mm-hmm. And and he, he's really good at acts of service as well. That's very much his. Like, he does that. So if you know that, you can better love them and you can better request what you need. Yeah, And exactly. that's that's why you would want to know them. And I'm curious about what your love language is and what Caitlin's is. Um. I can't remember then, like, exactly. I know that mine, um, or that hers, is physical touch was pretty high up there, and quality time was, like, I think they might have been tied. tied. And anybody that knows Caitlin is not surprised by that. I just had to let my dog out of the room because she just came in and snuggled me. It was really cute, and then just decided, okay, had enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. We are at the um, limbs of our dogs. I would yeah, say so Caitlin, is, Caitlin feels like physical touch to me for sure. She, yeah, for sure. She's a very, like, she's physically. She's a snuggler. Yeah, she's a snuggly, snuggly girl. Um, mine, I know that words of affirmation is up there, and I think acts of service. It, actually, gifts used to be higher, and I think the older I've gotten, the more I really appreciate, like, acts of service. Because you're like, tired. I'm tired. <laughs> Life is really hard. You're like, you're like, this ice cream is great, but would you please come over and, like, clean my kitchen? <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Okay, so here's what they say about quality time. Um, quality time is giving someone your undivided attention. That's the boiled down version of it. You, your spouse might need quality time if they've ever said something like, "We, uh, you don't ever have time for me, we used to do things together, now you're always too busy or you're too tired. That's their way of telling you that their primary long language is quality time. Um, it's also their way of whining. But you know what? <laughs> Let she who has not whined throw the first stone. Um, <laughs> the essential aspect is togetherness, which doesn't necessarily mean proximity. It has to do with focused attention. Yep. So sitting together and watching TV is a non-example of quality time. Um, quality focused attention, otherwise known as mindfulness. Mindful. Yes, exactly, mindfulness. Um, so quality conversation means sympathetic dialogue where two people are sharing their experiences, thoughts, feelings, and desires in a friendly, uninterrupted context. Ugh. So that... Oof, that's, it's a lot. That's a big ask, especially, I was going to say, in this modern world. And then I was like, you sound 49. <laughs> but it's true. Like, these just, days. Yeah, these days. <laughs> um, so that's just interesting to think about quality well, time as you actually have to put everything else down in a way and be looking at just your partner and doing that. Yeah. You know, as you're saying that, like I said, like, oof, because I had, uh, I, in the last 24 hours, Mark and I have had two conversations, one where we were totally tuned in, um, completely. He was telling me about his like dream of, (laughs) he is so like, I always say that he and his friends are constantly scheming. They're always like (laughs) coming, their idea, they want to monetize everything that they do. They're always coming up with business ideas. They're always like coming up with like schemes and like fantasizing about like how to start a business. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of awesome. cute. It's endearing. No, it's awesome. Yeah. And so he, Mark is really into pickleball these days. Are you familiar with pickleball? Oh, yeah. Okay. Mark is really into pickleball these days. And so he was telling me, he like came in here bashfully last night and was like, I was thinking about what it would be like if I if I built a pickleball court because one of the things that he struggles with is that we don't have a place where he can go and play pickleball for free in the evenings in the winter. There's uh. no place in the area where he can do that. And so he was like we need some place like that in the area. And so we were just kind of fantasizing for like 25 minutes about like 
where he would build it and how much it would cost and how he would need to get an investor and like how to get a loan and what if he would charge people if he would try to like charge people for it and make a profit or if it would be a public institution and it was awesome we were just it was fun we were having fun i know and i'm mostly giggling because pickleball is a ridiculous name for a sport i actually think it's but it makes me about that way play it more yeah no me me too it's way more fun sound i like a whimsical sport me too mark keeps asking me to play pickleball with him and he's like i really think that you would like it but to be honest with you i just never feel like moving and like i always say maybe next weekend i'll feel like it but i never do never do yeah yeah and i also am not competitive and mark doesn't like that about me so my friend Lindsay started playing pickleball tickleball (laughs) that's different (laughs) she started playing pickleball with her dad and his friends at their, like, I guess their country club or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's like, like an old person of. thing. It's, it's like an old, old person, person country then, club thing. And then, like, there were times where her dad didn't want to go, and she still went and, like, went and played pickleball. Oh, <laughs> Lauren, Mark goes with his friends, and they play constantly, literally constantly. They all play together all the time. They're all on this thread, this text thread called Guys Night. It's 12 <laughs> to 13 different, or 12 to, like, not 13, 12 to 13, 12 and a half it's like 12 to 18 guys (laughs) at any given time it's a ton of men on this thread and every thursday like mark right now on the is on the phone with some of the guys right now planning to go out because every single thursday guys night all goes out together and then every weekend at least twice sometimes more than like once in the morning once the afternoon there's a text that goes out about pickleball and mark will go and play pickleball with the guys from the guys night text oh that is the cutest but when they can't play Mark will go and play with the old people down at the YMCA because he's obsessed oh, with it. I love it. That is the best. Oh, I just love him. Yeah, he okay, just came in here reminds- and started miming playing pickleball. Okay, yeah. Play that pickleball, Mark. Lauren says, play um, that pickleball. <laughs> All right, keep going. Okay, so actually that's a really great segue into the next piece. So this is, that was just like a quick definition of quality time, like what it means. Um, and so then I started looking up quality time and I found an article from psychology today and it's two phds lou primavera and rab pascal or pascali which both sound like great pastas i was Um, just gonna say that those (laughs) both sound like pastas (laughs) that's so funny i want some lou primavera that sounds tasty (laughs) yeah right um the Uh, I tell you. Okay, so he is actually, Lou himself is the dean of the School of Health Sciences at Toro Colleges, and they've written a couple of books. One of them is called Making Marriage Work, and the other one is called So Happy Together. So this is not necessarily research, but it's from the perspective of two men who have done a ton of research in this area. Yeah. Um, Okay, so the article is called From Time, uh, Time Together and Time Apart, and um, this is interesting relating to Mark's pickleball. So for couples who have established a habit of doing things together, they actually come to enjoy these activities more than they do on their own or with other people. So the things that you share with your partner, you um, actually share, like you enjoy doing that thing, even if you liked it before you got together, now you enjoy mm. that doing that thing more with them than you did on your own. Yeah. I'm gonna skip down a little bit because what we were talking about with pickleball really relates to the idea that um, let's see. Marriages benefit when spouses have time for themselves, either yeah. to pursue their own interests or just to relax. So personal yeah. time allows us to maintain our individual identities, provides opportunities to, to do things that we like to do, and lets us feel like we have some control over our lives. Alone time can actually help a relationship feel fresh and less stressful. 
Yeah. Yeah, which is really, I think that's very true. Totally agree. Okay, so there's the idea of alone time, which is really healthy for relationships. Yep. So jumping back to the idea of quality time with your partner, that kind of turned in conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's ways that you can do that. So those joint activities, um, they have to be enjoyable to both partners. Yeah. And um, that's a tough thing to do. Um, that is the way they, so hard for us. Yeah, I bet. I bet, because your interests are not naturally aligned. Yeah, and it stresses me out because I feel like so many people, you just hear so much that, this is a fear that I have, that, like, successful relationships come from people with really similar interests, and we are, like, we have very different interests. We have some things that we like in common, but, like, oftentimes in different levels. I'm curious to, like, talk about that more. Yeah, and you talk about sports 100% more than you did six five years ago because I try so hard but yes, sometimes it's still not enough so. but you know what Katie that's the key that the idea of trying hard mm-hmm. matters because what they say is if they don't have um you should have an equal say selecting activities so if you do his things or your things that's like it doesn't matter as long as you both feel like you have equal time and equal um uh say and what you're getting to do but ah. if you agree to participate in your partner's activity then you have to do it willingly and give the impression and this is the verbiage give the impression that you're interested this is a form of emotional work and the art of presenting yourself as as involved even though you might not be because you want to make your partner happy so if you act bored or disinterested when your partner's activity like their activity of choice is going on not only do you take away their enjoyment but at the same time, your attitude during that time is more likely to produce the same attitude from them during your next chosen activity. We have been talking about that today, haven't we? About how we create, oftentimes our behavior creates the thing in our partner that we're trying to avoid. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And then <laughs> it's, like, don't even, it's not even worth you coming to this whatever thing, like this sports event <laughs> that, that is because now I'm just worried about how you're not having a good time. So I'm not having a good time, even though this is my pick. Yeah, yeah. I, as you're reading that, like, I'm having an an aha about how I am, like, I am so bad at that. And it takes, I, (laughs) another thing I've learned about myself this year, so we do this inventory at work, um, this, like, personality inventory, it's called a schema inventory, and it basically, like, identifies patterns of, um, patterns of thought, like dysfunctional patterns of thought that you okay. might have. And so I I showed up, on, like, I was positive for two negative patterns of thought, which were entitlement and insufficient self-control. And those two <laughs> things, I mean, I'm sure that doesn't surprise you at all. No, And those two things yeah. go together in a cluster. And, like, I, and I totally struggle with those things, which is what makes it so hard for me to be a good sport about doing things that Mark doesn't want it, that Mark wants to do that I don't want to do. And yeah. so, and it really, I would say that like, that is, I think every couple like has five things that they're fight like that they fight about all the time. Like there are five fights that they have. And yeah. that is one of our fights is that I am not adequately interested in the things that he's interested in. Yeah. Also, I like that it used to be one fight and now we've, we've broadened our horizons. It's like, now it's five. Well, it's true. You it's have true. We've been together fights. for longer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, and also just like that's just life. Like there's yeah. a there's a lot of arenas. You're married to that person. You're with them in every space. Yeah, and usually it's like one fight at a time. But sometimes right. it's two, and like sometimes oh, things are okay, shoot. and sometimes they're not. Right. Oh, but yeah, one of them that fights. I really struggle this with. This is just like that time. You know yeah. that is not. You not never. Nice. I mean, one of the here's a perfect example of it. Mark loves Penn State. Do you know the thing about Penn State? 
uh, about the the coach accused of sexual... Oh, no, not that. Not Jerry oh. Sandusky, but, yeah, oh. I mean, good thing that you know about that, because that's okay, bad. that's bad. But, bad. yeah, but our Penn State thing, me and Mark, is that every time he wants to take me to a Penn State football game, I, like, cause a problem, because I am, like, I have an attitude. But the other problem is that because he anticipates me having an attitude, he cops an attitude before I even start <laughs> to cop an attitude, yeah. and it's just an issue. Oh, and I've so so we don't we don't go to Penn State games together anymore. And then he feels upset that he can't share that with me. So it's about, it's a quality that I have that gets in the way of our quality time together. Yeah. It's, that's, it's hard for us to do really good quality time together. Yeah. That, and because your interests are so, and I think that's one of those things that you And we both have attitude problems. And I think you, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, but if only one of you did, it would just be sad. Yeah, (laughs) it would. And at least we can see it, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's one of those things. So you already, I can tell you, you are 100% more, more than, you are infinity percent more invested in sports than you were before you started dating Mark. So I think it's one of those things that's growing even if you're not seeing it, like seeing the growth. Would you please grow. write him a letter? And yeah, tell oh, you it. know I will. <laughs> Dear, I once I said, also, I once said to say. my roommates in college, at the girls that I lived with um, in Southview, I once said to them that I would sooner die than marry somebody who loved football. <laughs> I was Man, 19. Man, we should put that in the toast a, at your wedding. That was a stupid thing. I know. That was a stupid thing to say I was 19 and, like, I was just being, like, controversial, but I, like, kind of meant it because I thought football was, like, toxic masculinity. But, yeah. and here I am with Mark. So, the well, world's sportiest PE teacher. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, his whole life is sports. <laughs> his whole life He's is bringing sports. bringing a love of sports so, to small at people. some point, I resisted it for so long, but at some point I was like, if you can't beat him, join him. <laughs> <laughs> but truly, what am I supposed to do about it? No, and the that, same thing with him. Right he thing. used to hate that I was like a raging liberal, but can't beat him, join him. Exactly, exactly. And you know what, that's... That's that's all very positive. Okay, I actually so the next little piece of research here, I had lots of reactions to. I even put it in red, and it, it and like Google thought that I was creating a new section of our outline, and so I have like segment one, segment two, and then all of a sudden here it says gendered research alert, and it's like in bright red, and then Google <laughs> even put it as a new as a new part of my notes, a new segment. Okay, so here's the gendered research. I love that. Yeah, so this is a real interesting – okay, I, I'm i just going to read the research. I want your response because I am not married. I'm not – I mean, I am married. I'm not – so I was like, um – <laughs> Yeah, we've got some news. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, that's not funny. Okay, yeah, so – um, it's That's a funny and sad. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's not ever – no. Sometimes yeah. Caitlin and I joke about, like, cooking Luna. I don't know. Does everybody do that? Oh, like, <laughs> So did Mark and I. We always talk about how if if there was if global when global warming kills everything and we don't have any food left to eat, how it's going to be so sad because there's no meat on Millie to eat. Yes, I know. Okay, so we talk about that a lot, and then we also call Luna a chicken. So Caitlin will be like cooking yep. together, and she'll be like, "Yeah, like grab that other chicken tender," and like I will go and get Luna and like pass her over. And there's always we always think it's funny to a point, and then one of us like takes it too far, and the other person like flips out, like no, no, and it's you never know when the flip out is going to come. Like one time I was talking about plucking her feathers, like to put the seasoning on. And then we, and then we both got freaked out. I don't know. Anyway. Can I, wait, can I ask you a really important question? Yeah. Do you think Luna would make good chicken meatballs? <laughs> I don't think you can grind chicken, Katie. I don't think there's such a thing. We can try. 
<laughs> is, is she Aww. available for an experiment? <laughs> yeah, but she'll only be like one meatball. <laughs> oh, she's so little. Okay, <laughs> so. so <laughs> okay, so this is one of those like wives be like and husbands be like segments of research. And I have a oh, lot of you, issues you with you need it. me to report on men. Yeah, well, <laughs> just in like, I don't know. I don't like, I don't feel like, I, I don't think that there's... I think we put too much on, like, this is this gender role, and this is this other gender role. I agree. And these are the way. So then I wonder, do I, like, overcorrect for that, and I don't give any space for it? Because I had, like, a very negative reaction to this this whole section. So here's This reminds here's me of back, back, you don't hear it as much anymore, but back in, like, the 90s and 2000s, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe you do, but when people used to say about gay couples, which one is the man and which one is the woman, yes. no matter what type of relationship, this uh-huh. re- what you're saying reminds me of that. Like, Yeah, and you know what we say to that? It's we not always, the point. <laughs> yeah, we always say you don't ask which chop, which chopstick is the fork. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a good it's a good comeback. People really like that one. That's a really okay. good comeback. <laughs> That's good. Oh, yeah, good to be mm-hmm. educational and sassy. Yeah, uh huh. It's in the handbook for when you get when when you come out. Um. <laughs> oh, when you, when you go to the um, it's part of the gay agenda. Yeah, it's part of the gay agenda, and it also comes with a coupon full a uh, coupon book full of Olive Garden fifteen percent off. <laughs> Ooh, free breadsticks. Yeah. That was a joke that we had in high school, that once you get came out, then you get, like, 15% off at Olive Garden. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> That's incentivizing. We, we were a quirky group. <laughs> Everybody. Okay, go ahead. Anywho. Okay, so here's the research. It's not research. I, I am incorrect in, in calling it that. This is the, the ideas of these men, of these two PhD guys. Yeah. Okay. So wives tend to want more couple time, usually because they regard it as important for bolstering a marriage and making sure there's solidarity as a couple. Many husbands, on the other hand, tend to prefer more time on their own, which isn't to say men aren't interested in spending time with their wives, but rather it may stem from the fact that men have better and more quality leisure time than women. Men are good at compartmentalizing with, so issues they're dealing with in one part of their lives don't interfere with the other parts. It's easier for them to put work and home responsibilities aside and enjoy whatever else they're doing. Many husbands expect their wives to take care of their home and family, and consequently they don't feel as much pressure to sacrifice their personal time as wives might. So taking a break is important for a marriage. For wives who constantly sublimate their own needs to those of her family, husbands might want to encourage them to take a, a mini vacation from their job, but that means making sure that, that they know, that the wives know that everything is going to be okay at home. Husbands might want to keep in mind that this is actually in their best, best interests. Um, a break from responsibilities will make wives happier, and when wives are happy, husbands generally feel the same way. Okay, what's your response? It's really interesting because the the wife role there doesn't fit me at all, but the husband role pretty much fits Mark. So I don't know. I don't know what that means necessarily, but I do agree with you that that seems to be a little reductive, and it mm-hmm. seems to be about someone's wife and someone's husband. Yeah. Um, but maybe not... Like, I see things, I see patterns of that in both me and Mark. Mark is great at compartmentalizing, but I really need my personal space. And both Mm -hmm. of us get really hungry for quality time. But our issue is that, our issue is matching it up, right? Like, when we want quality time. Like, there's nothing that that I struggle with more than when Mark wants quality time at the time where I want to be pulling away. And that, I think, is a... I don't know. I, I think that that is our, um, 
that is like more Achilles of a, heel. Yeah, like, yeah. The, the thing that causes the the weak spot in the rope that always causes the conflict. Exactly, exactly. I guess if you have a weak spot in a rope, then your conflict <laughs> is just like falling because if you're climbing the rope, I don't know. That metaphor didn't really didn't it's, really work. It's the <laughs> yeah. It's the it's a bruise. I don't know. We're working on yeah. it. Like it's yeah, a right. heel, but I don't know. There's okay. So, so yeah, I don't know what I, I think feel, about that research. And I don't quote. know, yeah, that quote, I don't know if this is because of the people that I've surrounded myself with or if this is truly, like, the the marriage, um, the sense for the generation. I feel like, and, and another piece of it could be that I don't as intimately know relationships in other generations as as much as I do the, in, the relationships of my friends. You're because right. Of course, we, we have people that we love, but we're not going to sit around and, like, talk marriage or problems or challenges with um, our grandparents or our parents yeah. or, you know, not the same way that I might talk to my parents about my issues, but I'm not going to talk to, I don't want to, like, yeah, I don't know their marriages. Intimately. Right. Okay. So I feel like that particular, like that segment of this is what a wife wants and this is what a husband wants does not actually fit any couple I know, even straight couples. And I don't think that that's, I don't know if that's the people that I know. It's like a weird sample size or if it's the, the fact that we've just kind of evolved past that and this is, and I hope that we have evolved past that because, like I said, I really did not fit well to this uh, these ideas. You know what I think? The more I think about it, the more I reflect on it. I think that when you – I was just talking to somebody about this today. When you see someone as a commodity, I like if I'm going to slip back into, like, hashtag capitalism problems, mm-hmm. if you see somebody as a commodity – you will treat them you you're not going to think of them as a fully human as a full human being and then you're not going to be a, a full human being and so if you are in a relationship where you don't know somebody fully you see them as as my quote wife you're mm-hmm. not going to want to, if you're the man you're not going to want to engage with her you're going to you're going to want to fulfill the role of pulling back to your buddies you're going to want to be um, see her as the the Madonna and the whore, right? Both the right. woman that mm-hmm. I fuck and the woman that raises my children. Like, right. that's all you see her as, not as a complex person. And if you're a woman, you see him as some kind of distant, aloof, you know, figure. That, to me, is a trope. Like, that's a trope. And I also feel like if, if you see your partner as a full human being, no matter what gender you are, you're going to experience a balance of that push and pull desire to be together, desire to be independent, you know, I I feel like that's, it's a, it's how you view your partner. Do you view them as a full person or as some, as as an object, as a role, as an object? Yeah. And I just can't see, like, you are married, you're a straight woman married to a straight man, but I I can't see a time when your relationship ever looks like that. When, when Mark would assume that, that the house is somehow more your responsibility than it is his. You know, like yeah. I, and I don't know if that's just the people that I know or if that, it, or if that's, I hope, like, I, and the thing is, like, that's true about all of, like, the, the straight people, straight marriages that I'm really closely, intimately part of, not intimately part of, but, like, that I'm, like, know on a close basis. No, nobody operates like that. Well, you know, can I tell you something, actually? There is a couple that I know that when they had a baby, the first week after they had the ba- the week that the baby was born on Monday the baby was born and on th- Wednesday the dad asked Mark to go out for drinks mm-hmm. and I 
like, was like, Mark, you cannot do that. Like, you can't go out to drinks with him. Like, he needs to be at home. Like, I can't believe that he would leave her at home. Like, I can't, like, what, I was really like, no, you cannot agree to do that. He needs, you need to be a good friend and tell him to stay at home with her. And I, I, I don't know. I was really, like, worked up about it. And then I realized that my fear was that Mark was going to be like that. And that, yeah. that th- t- the day after I give birth, that he would leave me to go hang out with his friends. But then I realized that their relationship is different. That Mark, Mark helped me realize, Mark pointed out to me, that their relationship is different than my relationship. That, like, right. that, that it, it might he might not be abandoning her. Whereas if Mark left me the day after I gave birth, it would, it would be abandoning in our relationship. You and know? that's a good point because happy, healthy relationships exist all through every, like, yeah, they, that transcends all of this. And I'm not, and because it's just, it was shocking to me because it's not my values. It's not my experience. And it's not the, the experience of the, the happy relationships that I'm the closest to. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a, there's probably a way that that I'm not saying there isn't a way that that could it seems be a old relationship. School. Yeah, and you know I don't. That's I just I, all I can say is that this was a really difficult thing for me to get through, and it actually drove me to a weird place because the next so oh, the research that I gosh. found the next. So I got mad at this. <laughs> yeah. Because at first it was all about the quality time, and I was like, okay, so this I was really good like into and. Um, hearing able to hear everything that i was reading and psychology today is usually a pretty on point source like yeah generally it is cursory experience so then i had such a negative reaction to that uh the last part then i put in like an antidote and so i was like okay well what is quality time because i can't i can't see this because i'm not in a straight relationship i don't i can't see a way that this makes sense and i'm I'm not saying that it isn't out there lesbians can't have quality time it's not available to you that's true that is that's actually in the book that you get when you come out all of your time is going to be non-quality low quality low quality it's real like it's a vhs you know what i mean if straight people get a blu-ray the queers get vhs you get a vhs that's been in the hot car all summer (laughs) and you just deal with it it's a little melted (laughs) okay go ahead okay so then i found this is not as related to quality time, but it was the psychology of sexual orientation and gender diversity, um, same-sex couple relationship strengths, a review and synthesis of the empirical literature. Um, again, I'll put a link in the show notes. Okay. Um, so basically, okay, I because I was thinking about that, and I was like, okay, I can't think about this because I don't have the lens for it. I don't know what it is like to be in a relationship where my partner's gender is different, and, like, I don't – I don't um, – I don't struggle with those same kinds of things. Like yeah. I don't, even when Caitlin's and in, our interests are different, but they're not, I mean, maybe as radically different as maybe straight couples have to deal with, or at least that's my um, perception. Your, your internal relationship conflicts, your relationship, your conflicts with the external world are very different. But right. the conflicts within your relationship might be, they're also very different from straight relationships, but they might be, I don't know, less that, I don't know what the yeah. right word is for that. I know that's it's a really it's like a tough thing I've been like chewing on lately like trying to figure out because I want to believe that there really aren't as many that there aren't any differences between genders and I know that that's like not a hundred percent true but I think that we give it a lot more credit and and we like kind of cultivate a space where like the husband's role is to x and the wife's role is y <laughs> yeah those chromosomes yeah. um but you know I just I, I want to believe that there's no part of that that's that's 
still around because I to me it just feels like icky. You know, it just feels well, bad. Cuz you know, I, I I don't really believe that gender is entirely like I I don't believe that it gender roles and or like gender roles are different from gender, right? Like gender right. is different from Okay, so I do think in some ways gender roles are in most ways, I think gender roles are performative. But in mm-hmm. some ways, I think that, like, the role of a woman being at home is somewhat connected to the fact that women have babies. And nipples. Know? And they need to breastfeed. Yeah, right. And, like, that's... And for a while, dad does feel a little bit useless because there's just... And I know this because my wife's a midwife. So, like, you know, just, like, the parent that has the nipples that are actively lactating is the preferred, like, stay-at-home parent, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and, and by necessity... One parent needs to be out doing things and, like, getting stuff. And so, like, so there are certain gender roles that I think, but, like, but in the same way, like, it's in your relationship, who is going to be the one that is the preferred parent and the one that's out getting, like, it's not, you guys get to decide that. It's not like there's an assumed role. Right. I mean, the lactation thing is decided for us, but, (laughs) but, yeah. Yeah, That's what I mean. You guys get the lactation thing, yes. Yeah, right. So, yeah. And so, I guess it just... It's funny, like, stepping into that because that's not my experience. Yeah. This, and I don't even know. Okay, so the, the public significant statement from this piece is that is the following. Same, same-sex couples relationships. So I was, looking for, I was looking for something that would navigate around that space, around yep. the idea that there has to be, like, a man and a woman and the man needs his own, like, man cave and his own man time. Ugh, and the I woman hate man needs, caves. Like, Yes, me too. Oh, it's my least favorite thing about HGTV. I want Mark to <laughs> uh, right. I want Mark to feel like the whole house belongs to him. Although yes, I will because- I say that politically, but actually honestly, emotionally, I want my own space, please. Yeah, right. Well, that's fine, but you Just can have like Katie's a room. people cave. Yeah, a Katie's room and a Mark's room. Yes. I, the man cave idea is I'm going to use the word again, icky, and I said it. Okay, so I wanted to know, like, what what do relationships, like, on the research level look look like when they're not bound by those roles? Yeah. And so here, the the public significant statement from this research that I – that I read, which is more peer reviewed and obviously like a little bit more legitimate than this guy's just random thought. Um, so same sex couples relationship strengths include having respect and appreciation for individual differences, using positive emotions and interactions and using effective communication and negotiating negotiation skills. Other strengths include high levels of intimacy, commitment, egalitarian ideals and outness, environmental support from family and friends and marriage equality contribute to well-being. These uh, strengths may help func- may function uniquely as an important source of resilience for same-sex couples, helping them to cope with stigma, discrimination, and minority stress. So that, again, doesn't really relate to the quality time idea, but I was looking for something that was going to explain, because I hate, I really bristled at the idea that quality time has some kind of gender association. And so what is what does the research say about relationships that gender roles don't really play a part in? Yeah. And... Just that that little thing, and then I was like, okay, so I got my little like tantrum fit out, and then I was like, okay, now I need to find something that really embodies just relationships in general because I think that's that's I get so tired of talking about the gender idea thing because I just don't think it's that important because truly I've never heard you talk about a problem with Mark that I haven't been able to relate to in some way. Oh, and I 100%. I would assume that you feel the same way because relationships are just relationships because people are just people. Exactly, exactly. And Mark, you know, I I think all the time, my, so my two best friends are both 
in gay relationships, you and Alex, and I think all the time about how, instead of thinking about how if there's a man and a woman in your relationships, I think if, which one of you is the Mark and which one of you is the Katie. <laughs> <laughs> and in your relationship, Caitlin is the Mark, and yeah. in Alex and Aaron's relationship, Alex is the Mark. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and then exactly. I love that because that's how I think about your relationships, not right. in terms of gender roles, but like Mark and Caitlin are very similar. And uh, me and Aaron are so similar, it's annoying. <laughs> yeah, right. I know, exactly. So that's the thing, though. Like, that, I think pe- boiling people down to their genders is very lazy. It's lazy thinking. I agree. And, and, like, I just don't, I really, I guess, I know I've been really, like, closed-mouthed on this whole issue, but I clearly don't like it. Like, I don't think it's right. And I don't think <laughs> You're it's really helpful. speak up. <laughs> you know, and I keep thinking about my friend, Lindsay's mom, who, um... She um, wasn't the cook in their family growing up, and, and she's like, uh, Lindsay's my age, so her mom's a generation yep. older, and um, they went to, I think it was like, mm, I don't remember, some, they were maybe Tangier Island, and they went to a seafood store, and they were going to pick up some fish or, I don't know, crustacean of some sort, <laughs> and the person they were buying from kept giving the cooking directions to the mom. And the mom kept being like, talk to him. Like, I don't, like, that's not me. Like, I don't cook. And I just loved that. Like, I remember being a kid and being like, oh, that's such a cool interaction. Like, he just kept assuming. And, like, there's those little, like, little parts of, I I think of it as rebellion, but probably it's just, like, the skill set. Like, what, what, it, each partner should do the things in their relationship that come most naturally to them. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And so that's. That's a more interesting and complex way to think about relationships than just, like, a man needs to have a big TV to watch the sports with his friends. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's the interesting part. Oh, wait, do you have a thought? No, go ahead. Okay, so this is comes out of uh, University of, of Zurich, which is great. <laughs> if, if you're getting really fed up with American research, you just pop your <laughs> way over to Switzerland. And so... This is actually a, um, someone's thesis. So the the uh, woman's name, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, is Anne Millek. And um, this is her, so I don't think it's peer-reviewed, but it's a research um, uh, that she did for her thesis. And I thought it was fascinating. So it's about time mediation. And then they use the word model postulates. Do you know what that means? No clue. Okay, me either. So so I think I can get it from contact clue. So time Sounds mediations. Like, a, like an issue with your medical situation yeah right oh like i got a bad case in little postulates this weekend we'll get you an antibiotic it'll clear it right up oh my god um the okay so time mediation will uh i think um mediate the negative spillover processes of external stress in the intimate relationship those are mediated by share time Shared time, so quality time. So things. So here's the four main conclusions. The one, the first is that negative spillover affects. Um, negative spillover effects of minor external stress on satisfaction with shared time are partially mediated via less quality time and reduced quantity on a daily basis. So the oh. negative parts of um, st- of stress on satisfaction with shared time. They have a relationship with reduced time and quantity on a daily basis. Oh. But less time quality and reduced time quantity. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So that reminds me, the Gottman Institute, a favorite uh-huh. of the podcast, um, f- they always say that for every 
your ratio of positive to negative interactions mm-hmm. in your relationship should be five to one. Yeah. So for every one negative interaction you have, you have to have five positives to balance it out in order to have the overall positive feelings towards your partner. And so how are you having these positive interactions through quality time? Right, exactly. And it's funny because in um, the PBIS model of um, – of, uh, oh, that's a, it's a thing in public schools or just schools in general, positive behavioral interventions and supports PBIS. Um, that's the same ratio they use when teachers are, are correcting children. You, they really want, the PBIS model really wants you to aim for five, I think it is five to one. So five positives. And, and the interesting thing about the PBIS is that it's the behavior of the child that determines whether it's a positive interaction or a negative. So if the child does something that you need to redirect, even if you do it in a positive way, that's still considered a negative interaction. So you need to find five positive things to praise them for. Interesting. Um, yeah, it is very interesting. Um, interesting. Okay. So that, that, I love when there's stuff like that because it just makes me feel like there's some universal truths out there. Yeah, I think, you know? no, I think it's really true. And just and molding children is the same as molding a partnership, you know? Yeah, you and really, I like you that you really said a partnership praise. and not a partner. No, yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> partnership, because it's happening in both ways. Yeah. Um, okay, so it is the time quality rather than quantity that is more strongly related to satisfaction with shared time and relationship functioning. However, quantity and quality interact. So that comes to this third. Um, so obviously, like, quality time means it's not just, like, having time to spend together, but spending that time wisely. So then the next, the next part that she... Um, gets into is that there's substantial variability between individuals in the degree of how strongly time quantity and time quality are related to relationship outcomes. For example, more time quantity might be particularly beneficial for partners who engage in less self-disclosure or experience more internal distress. So those those partners might need more time quantity and that might be a more positive relationship because you might need like you know, Caitlin doesn't always want to talk about what's bothering her right away. Yep. And so if we're going to get to that quality conversation, there's going to need to be a lot of more time around yeah. that. Mm-hmm. More time. Yeah. So yeah. even though it is quality over quantity, it doesn't mean that quantity doesn't matter. Yeah. Or if you're somebody who has a lot of internal distress, like I need you to, there's this cool new phrase that I learned this week, or it's, maybe it's not new, but it's new to me. This cool phrase that I learned this week co-regulating so we Mm -hmm. self-regulate all the time we self-regulate our emotions but in a relationship you co-regulate with the other person you when you connect with your partner you're regulating the other person's emotions right you're helping Mm -hmm. them to work through their feelings you're comforting them you're eliciting positive emotions from them it's a co-regulation thing so when you're if you need a lot of co-regulation if you need that because of your internal distress, that you might need more time with your partner, which right. could lead to some codependency, so you should watch it. <laughs> right. Well, that's something that you need to be aware of, too. Yeah. yeah that's that's true. That's very interesting. Isn't that a cool concept? Because yeah, I really then, like that. And, and then you, you switch into, you can rupture that connection if you, like, say something hurtful or... Right. And I'm not relying on you for the regulation of my emotional, like internal no it's a give and a take it's a sharing it's a gift but i but i also that you're a factor yep you know and that you're a big factor and that it's a lot easier for me to regulate my emotions when i know that you know when you're connected with me and you're there with me yeah uh-huh yeah 
Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Okay, so the last, um, the last main takeaway of this lovely Swedish report is that the importance of shared time varies on the weekend versus a weekday. Oh, yeah. So the current work provides a framework for future investigations saying, like, they want to keep going down this line of research um, to help. And they're, hope, I think probably it's, like, a, a bid for more funding cause, because it's important. Uh, they, they noticed that there's an importance, like, there's a, a difference of, like, workday grind versus weekend, like, um, well-being time spent together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course. Yeah. yeah. And that seems, like, intuitive. Right? Yeah, like yeah, and I hope that. that she did get that funding, and I'd like to go follow the rest yeah. of the research because I thought that was very interesting. Although sometimes I prefer the time that we spend together on weeknights because it feels like we're connecting, but it's low pressure. Like and, yeah, sometimes and on the weekends, the weekends together. feel like there's pressure. To have, like, the best time ever because you got to go back to work. Or weekend. to be, like, really connected. Like, we're both kind yeah. of, like, looking at each other like, what do we do now? Yeah. You know, and on the weeknights yeah. we, like, move around each other in a more natural way. Yeah. So there is a little bit of a pleasure in that, even though it's yeah. not, like, exciting, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Whew. Okay. So that was a real journey. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, quality time, man. thoughts. Yeah, like, made me mad, and then got into gender roles. I love that you and me are so willing to feel our emotions and, like, process our thoughts. That's yeah. what we've been talking about, and, and my job this week is willingness to feel emotions... So I think we're pretty good at it. Yeah, Toot I would say horns. so. Yeah. Wow. Uh, what are you endorsing this week? Oh, man. <laughs> I just, like, took it. I feel, like, action, actively, like, warm inside, like, hot. Um, okay. okay. You know what? Let's see. This week. Um, this week, I want to endorse holiday... I want to endorse stupid Hallmark movies. Oh, gosh. Everyone's endorsing that. I'm not. I don't do it. None of them are gay friendly. That's true. They're not. They're not. And I think my bigger. Okay, so last night we went to a friend's house. I don't mean to yuck your yum. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, like, proudly standing on top of this recommendation. Okay. I just feel like. You just like it. This has been, no, not even. I actually have never been a person that watched Hallmark movies until I got into a relationship. And as previously discussed, You're Caitlin so prefers a happy ending. And yeah. um, she, so I never really like watched the Hallmark movies until I started watching them with her. So I have a strong Caitlin association with these, these things. And this week was just very stressful on the whole. Um, and it was a nice little escapism. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, well, I don't know. That is nice. really watch a Hallmark movie but we went to friend's house, a friend's house last night and they put one on in the background while we played a board game. Um, so, it, and I think I just have, I have a fun time breaking them apart and like, you know, when I'm talking about a music cue or talking about a, the way a particular actor delivers a line. and Yeah, like so commenting like, on them while you watch them. Exactly. So yeah. I'm like a real asshole to, to watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like doing that with you. That's why I like watching the Duggars with you. Yeah, right? We'll, like, pause it and be like, what do you think about that? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I just get, I get into that space, and that's what I want to do. I really just, I'm looking for a a stage for me to perform on. That's exactly right. That's it. My patients said this week that they, that I'm easy to listen to, or that, like, they enjoy listening to me, and I was like, well, I did theater in high school, so. (laughs) So. (laughs) So I'm kind of a performer. They were like, we see that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, okay, so I'm not endorsing Hallmark movies. Oh, But I okay. am endorsing commenting on Hallmark movies. Okay, <laughs> good, good. And you know what? It's okay to be, like, cheesy. 
you know what? Yeah, I, I like I, a cheesy film. I walk it back. I walk it back because if I, I, it's the same thing that I, the same reason that I like support pumpkin spice lattes. Whatever makes you happy makes you happy. It is a dark world. Yes. I'm not going to look down on you because of your lowbrow happiness. Have fun. You heard it here first. Katie's telling you to be happy, go get a pumpkin spice latte, and sit down with a nice 2009 Meghan Markle um, Hallmark Christmas extravaganza. Yeah, that sounds great. Mm hmm. I mean, I don't really like pumpkin lattes, but. Oh, well, whatever you like. Yeah, don't feel guilty about it. You do you. You do you. And don't feel guilty about it. What are you recommending this week? Well, you reminded me about, you said it was on the background when you were hanging out with friends. This is very quick because it's not my recommendation. But um, there is a Nick Offerman Yulta, or Yule Log video. Have you seen this? Have you seen this video? No. It is a 10-hour video of Nick Offerman just drinking a bottle of bourbon next to a fire. It's the it's, It was actually filmed. Like, he, it's true. He drinks the entire bottle. It's incredible. He just sits there quietly, and every now and again, he just takes a sip. And then he'll, like, maybe readjust or cross his legs in another way. Does he drink the whole bottle? The whole bottle. In 10 Holy hours. Holy crap. Yep. How do you drink a whole... What? Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. I we only I only watched it for like the hour and a half that I was at the party, but like it was there. It that, was cool. That makes me very happy. It's not my Thank endorsement, but it's a great background of the party <laughs> video if you want to watch. So my endorsement is um, something that I a habit that I've gotten into over the last two years, which is I keep track of the books that I read. Um, yes. Yeah, it's my... You have done a great job with that. Yeah, and I, I started it because I don't I don't remember why I started it, actually. I have no I have no recollection of why I started it. But I started it in the beginning of 2017, and I, would, I just did it in the back of my journal, and then I switched over to Goodreads because I, who knows where these journals will be in, you know, a year. Um, and so now I have a list on Goodreads of all the books that I read for last year and this year. And I love it because I... One, it motivates me to read more. If I can see how it is a goal of mine to read more um, because I spend too much time on my phone and I think that it's better spent reading. And so if I can see how much I'm reading, I'm motivated to read more. The other thing, like this year, I am currently at 20 books and last year I read 20 books and I really want to beat last year. So it's motivating me to finish the book that I'm currently reading. Um and also next year, I want to see if I can read a lot more than I read this year. So the other thing is that I like seeing the patterns in what I've read over the last few years. Um, I like one of the things I told you is that I the only men that I the only male authors I've read this year have written like nonfiction meditation books. Um, so yeah, that, I love keeping a list my and then I was going to say my um, favorite book from this year that I read is hard to say, but I think I probably am going to, it is Between Red Clocks um, by Lenny Zumas, or Zumas, yeah. and mm-hmm. um, Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine by Gail oh, Honeyman, that, which that, was I, so okay. good. That was fantastic. You gave me Red Clocks. It's on my list to read. Yeah. I have been woefully 
uh, unwell read lately. Yeah. But those, okay, great. That, I love Ralph that. Just play so, your, so, so your suggestion is just write write it down, what, what you're reading, just write it down. Just keep track of it. Just keep, yeah, just write it down. I just think it's, it like, just to, it's a nice thing to keep track of for yourself. And, like, no pressure, but I love looking back at the books that I've read, and I'm like, oh, I did read that, and then I remember it, you know? It helps me, it just helps me remember the books that I've read. Because, yeah. you know, can you recall every book you've ever read in your life? No. But no. don't you wish that you could? Yes. Yeah, it's just nice. When you think about something, you're like, that reminds me of a thing, and I can't tell you who wrote it, yeah. or what it's called, or even what it's about. Exactly. But I just remember this piece. And if you started now, in 15 years, you could have tracked every single book that you've read since you were 29 years old. How cool oh, is that? Oh, yeah. That's you know? really cool. Yeah. That's a good, such a so, good 2019 resolution. Like, another cool pattern that I learned is last year I read so many books on Christianity, and this year I read so many books on Buddhism and meditation. <laughs> yeah, like look this, at that. It's just fun to, it's fun to see it. Fun to see that theme. Yeah, it developing. is. So I recommend okay. it. Okay. All right, yeah. you guys. All right, we're... So you can find us. Please email us um, all of your suggestions, your um, questions, anything that you that pops into your mind while you listen to this at how do I spell spouse at gmail.com. And we are on Twitter on Twitter or Instagram at how do I spouse. Please follow us and yeah, yeah. that's it. All I right. think we spoused. I think we spoused. We did it another week. All right. All right. See you later. Love you. See ya. Love you too.